Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga. With player picks as game-changing as a Serge Gnabry hat-trick, fantasy advice as dreamy as a 36-goal opening weekend, and two pundits who both had a trick up their sleeve on match day one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy, season four, match day two, and joining me on the mic is the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, how did your last-minute squad building go on match day one? Yeah, all right. I mean, I had far too many Frankfurt players in my squad, but uh, that's just how it goes. Uh, they were probably the biggest letdown uh, of the weekend, uh, giving um, Bremen a run for, for their money. But like, I'm curious, what was the trick I got up my sleeve. Well, I was. I, f I felt like your trick didn't really work. I felt like your trick was maybe Huang. I thought he was kind of the trick that you were hoping could be the differential pick up front for you. Uh, Unfortunately, yours didn't quite work out as Sebastian Anderson did for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a great inspirational pick by you, uh, James. Uh, I didn't have the courage because I was afraid that Anderson wouldn't start. And what do you know? Anderson starts and Huang is on the bench. So that's sometimes how life goes. I've got enough of uh, Mr. Nagelsmann already uh, with that. It was just a, a, I wanted a Leipzig striker so badly and I couldn't decide between Paulsen and Wang. And I felt like I know what to get with Paulsen and maybe Wang is, is, is a more boom kind of player. And that's why I went with him. Like all predicted lineups got him starting especially since he uh, scored and gave an assist in the cup and yeah I, f I felt let down by Nagelsmann but that's all right well, we, we uh, have, something tells me yeah. that'll happen more than once this season and it'll happen for a lot of people as well not just yourself yeah we have we have different tastes in fashion and obviously also <laughs> different tastes in how how to satisfy fantasy players Yeah, he was uh, he's quite out there on the sidelines this weekend, that has to be said, uh, Julian. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll leave that there. And, yeah, just an update. Uh, we talked about the fact that you guys, of course, listening, can join the Talking Fußball Fantasy League by searching for Talking Fußball in the search engine when you go to your league section of the fantasy game. I was very pleased to see that we went up from 597 players last week to 716 this. Uh, we'd love to keep that number going up for the first couple of game weeks. The good news is, even if you join the league now your points from match day one still count you don't start on a lower value or anything like that so uh yeah that is good news so uh on the note of our listeners we didn't do any listener questions last week we had a pretty unstructured show we're hoping to put a little bit more structure in this week uh and so of course we thought we'd start with some listener questions because there were some great ones that came in today and i'll start with the first one from at mulkey underscore mike he says flo what if anything surprised you the most in game week one yeah i hinted at it definitely was Frankfurt falling well short of expectation, not being able to beat Bielefeld at home. And Bielefeld looked abysmal in, in the cup and uh, in long stretches of preseason. And then coming out, out the way they did at Frankfurt, that respect to Bielefeld, but also shame on Frankfurt for ruining my fantasy day because I got four <laughs> Frankfurt players in my squad. Yeah. And that was, I got Silva, Kostic, Kamada, and Da Costa. Yeah. All in my squad. And that was the biggest reason why I didn't. Like, I had 140 points. It's, it's all right. I can build, I can work with that moving forward. But that was a disappointment. 
And from a historical uh, point of view, you can point at the Wolfsburg against Leverkusen game because it's the first time that these two teams met and uh, when there haven't been any goals. So that was the unlikeliest of outcomes of that game was a goalless draw. And of course, that's Uh, what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Bremen surprised me unpleasantly. It, it wasn't like I, I was feeling great going into the season. I was feeling okay, but I mean, it looked as bad as last season. And that on the first match day was a really tough pill to swallow for me. Uh, and that's, that's the reason why I've, I looked up all the stats from all games, but I actually haven't seen any games of the weekend so far because I, I I, I, I switched channels after the Cunha goal, which like no goalkeeper in the world could have saved that one. That was true. Yeah. How, how could you do that? It's, it's just like half a feet off, off your left feet. So I, I think there's just biologically no way you can get there. And I switched channels, uh, was watching with my kids. I'm, I'm afraid they, I, Like, it's not getting them onto football watching Bremen games with me. But <laughs> we switched the channel to watch Cologne because they both support Cologne as well. And we were celebrating the equalizer at the end. And then, like, in injury time, Hoffenheim wins at Cologne as well. And then the Saturday was over for us. And, like, I, like it's, I mean, we both love what we're doing as a job, James, working Uh, f like football as uh, professionals and, and earn our money that way. But sometimes it's like on Monday, I like, I was so fed up with football. I like I, <laughs> no inkling. Yeah. I was covering the, uh, the Bochum San Pauli game in the evening. And it was just like, ah, oh, can't stand it. Like 33 more match days of this happening. So a little rant to start off the, the show. Sorry for that, but I, I feel already better. Like this is, this uh, keeps me, I, I don't have to go to the, uh, psychology, uh, doctor for that. So that's my. <laughs> No, therapy. we're happy for you to use this. Yeah, for you to use this as your therapy. Absolutely. And uh, and no, yeah, I mean, I can understand that wasn't the nicest way to kick off the match day. And you're right. Not the greatest inspiration for your children in terms of getting them into the game. But they need to learn early that football is a cruel mistress. And it can be. And Frankfurt let me down as well. Not just in a fancy sense. I had three players, but I also had a ninefold accumulator on the weekend for five euros that was going to land me a thousand two hundred euros and above. And Frankfurt with the one team that messed that whole thing up because they didn't beat Bielefeld. So I was, uh, I was most aggrieved about that as well, it has to be said. Um, but I'd say, I mean, outside of just the results, I think someone like Christopher Lentz scoring big for Union it was definitely a surprise if we're talking in a fancy sense. And then, I, I don't know, just the fact that we had so many high-scoring fringe players that came out of the woodwork on match day one and now it's really a case of, right, you've got these Forsbergs, you've got the Palsons, you've got the Cramriches. Who's going to sustain it? Who can we trust and lie on moving forward or was this maybe a bit of a one-hit wonder on match day one that we've got to be careful for so 
Hopefully we'll get to the bottom of some of those issues throughout the show. But let's move on to the next question. And it's from at Gavin underscore Doyle underscore IE. And he says, I scored 145 points on match day one, even though Davies didn't play a minute for Bayern. He asks, is Davies likely to play in match day two or should I downgrade him for, say, Angelino or Akanji at Dortmund? Uh, or do you think any other cheap defenders like Pekrik are worth considering as well? I mean, I guess my first question, Flo, our first question would probably be, why did you have Davies in your lineup? <laughs> Yes, that was, I just wanted to point that out. That is one of that's like one reason we always wait until the lineups are published from the Friday evening game to confirm our transfers. But because things like that happen, but like not everyone is living in our time zone. Not everyone like is taking that as serious as we do. So. I'm not slagging anyone off. I just think if you can avoid it, wait for the lineups um, to be actually out in the open to make your decisions. Because then it would be would have been easy for you to swap Davis for Pavar or Anandas if you would have wanted to do that. Um, I personally think that Davis is coming back into the starting lineup just because he was so uh, essential on the success of Bayern last season. And it was not like he was dropped because uh, of his performance. It was just like he wasn't at 100% after a small injury. And I guess he'll probably be back, but I'm not sure I would be confident enough to not sell him because like, it's, it hurts you if a player, I think he's 15 million, probably 14.9 now after dropping 100,000 in, in value. But it's tough if you got a player of that price tag not playing. It's a different matter if you have a player who's costing you two million not playing. Or for me, I got Brennett of Hoffenheim. Uh, I was hoping that he was will play as a fullback, but he costs three million. So I was all right with him not playing. But uh, if if you've got Davis, you definitely want him to play. And I'm not sure I feel confident enough to say that. I'm, I'm around 60% that he's going to play right now. And we're recording on Wednesday evening. So there might be some news out there. Maybe he's not playing at, uh, at, uh, against Sevilla in the European Super Cup. But Flick later says, yeah, but he's ready to go on and he will start on Sunday. Sometimes Flick does say stuff like that. He's not Lucien Favre. So um, wait for that. And that would change my opinion, and then I would definitely stick with him. Yeah, that's it. I think Davies is a is a good option moving forward, but it does seem like Hernandez is potentially going to be more of a you know competitor for that left back role than he was last season. Of course, injuries played a, a factor last season, and of course, Davies' form as well also played a role. And I would back Davies to probably play more games from now until the end of the season. But it does seem like Hernandez is going to have a, a part to play uh, that will make Davies potentially more of a rotation risk because he's juggling, of course, uh, David Alaba as well in his game minutes. To Hernandez could play at centre back, so it will be interesting to see how Flick does manage a fit Hernandez. I went for Pavard on Friday night purely based on the fact that I didn't think Hernandez would necessarily be in the squad on match day two but I agree with Flo I think wait until see wait and see how the Super Cup pans out I think we'll talk about it later in the show because it's going to have a, an impact on other elements of our decision making this week as well 
And actually, you know what? I might as well segue perfectly into the next question then, uh, which is from at underscore D McDermott. He asks, Gnabry or Lewandowski or both, Flo? Also, a recommendation for a cost-efficient defender. Um, and you know what? No, I'll leave that as a standalone question. I was going to link it with two, but I'll leave it as a standalone. So what do you make of D McDermott's question? So about Gnabry... And Lewandowski. I mean, it worked out perfectly on the first match day. I'm still not in love with having especially two strikers because you only got a maximum of three players in that position, both from the same club, which means you have at most a shot of two guys who can be your star men at any given week. And it gives you a very difficult decision uh, which player to star man. Probably most of the guys who had Lewandowski and Nabri Stam and Lewandowski, which I did as well, but I didn't have uh, Nabri in my squad. And like they're not playing Schalke every week. And that's, I hope, will change some something. But I think we can um, make a better judgment after the game at Hoffenheim, uh, if that is a test for Munich. Because if they start steamrolling the Bundesliga, we I might have to change my stance on doubling up and saying bring as many Bayern players in as you can. If they're scoring like five to eight goals every every week, uh, that's fantasy yassi. So uh, <laughs> then, then you have to go in. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. As 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 like that was Schalke. They obviously want to get rid of the coach, or at least, or they they have totally forgotten how to defend. I mean, it was crazy at times. They were defending like fifty yards out of their own goals having the likes of Rudy having to go in the sprint duel against Leroy Sané. I mean, that's just insane. They got, like, Bayern has so many pacey players and they decided, well, well, let, let, let's defend pretty high <laughs> and see how that works yeah. out. Yeah. And at the end, well, what a surprise. It doesn't work out at, well, uh, at all. Oh, what, are you kidding me? And time and time and time after again, uh, again same mistakes making. But my hope is that uh, Hoffenheim will be a challenge for Bayern. They're, they're playing in the Super Cup. We already said that against Sevilla. And I, I just hope they're not like, that would be really bad for the Bundesliga if they would just like, the, the question of the week is, is, are they scoring four or are they scoring six goals yeah. on the next match day? Yeah, and I mean, I mean, their form is incredible, and it was against Schalke. But you're right, Schalke were the makers of their own downfall. There, I, I have to admit, while I was watching the game flow, I was thinking about the little conversation we had before last week's episode, where we were talking about goalkeeper options. And I remember saying, "Well, you could pair Fairman with anyone; that would work." And you said, "Well, it's not such a bad idea." And I think after that, I was kind of like, "Oh no, it's a very, it's a very bad idea to bring in Ralph Fairman into your squad." So I hope no one, uh, no one followed that angle of the advice that I gave out last week, and more followed the Muller Zentner angle, which worked out a little bit better but I, I do agree I would hope that after yeah flying to Budapest playing on Thursday and then flying back and then playing on Sunday I would hope that Hoffenheim can give them more of a showing like we saw in the 2-1 win they had in the first half of last season and not the 6-0 loss we had in the second half of last season and of course Andre Kramerich may well be key to that but let's we'll talk about him later let's uh, move on to the next question it's from at Benji Tonelli he says is Haaland a must-have for match day two should, should we talk about the cost-efficient oh, defenders you know what? James because that was the appendix correct I, let's do that because it is it was a question more than one person had but I didn't include all the questions yeah. so yeah please do 
So for everyone who asked about defenders and we got a question about Pekarik uh, in there as well. I mean, Pekarik is a great choice because uh, he starts on Friday evening. So you've got a cheap way at a shot at a good starman for 5.3 million. He scored two games in a row in the cup and now in the Bundesliga. But like that was, I think, his second or third Bundesliga goal in like around 200 games. So it's, it's not something you should expect out of him. But it's obvious that he's getting into more attacking positions than he used to. So that's definitely a positive And I think you can do much worse than uh, picking him up for 5.3 million. Uh, actually, on the other side of the ball, Chandler might start for 7 million. Uh, he's a guy I'm at least interested in. And then if we're looking beyond the Friday game at cheap defenders, um, I like Kempf of Stuttgart, 5.2 million. Uh, Cedric Brunner of Arminia Bielefeld, so I'm, I'm going deep here, uh, James, uh, 4.9 million. Uh, he'll start against Cologne because um, De Medina, the right back of, of Bielefeld, got himself injured and Brunner is the one who came on and he will stay. Um, a bit more risky because of maybe losing his starting job as Janis Horn for 2.9 million, but also a, a very a decent choice uh, to go there. You know what? Like I like all those picks. Like Chandler would worry me purely because it would force me into another like transfer this week, which I right now cannot really afford to do. I'd prefer not to have to make another one. But yeah, I, I think you're right. You have to go deep. You have to go to the bottom of the well, really, for these these low price defenders right now. And I have to say, Yanis Horn. It's a shame to see him lose value and not have that many points because he actually had a very good performance against Hoffenheim and looked very dangerous on the left wing, got into a lot of promising positions through and a lot of crosses that came close to, you know, uh, finding the head of Anderson and stuff like that. And I thought he actually had a really good game. It just didn't show up in a fancy sense, but that is the way things go sometimes. So let's move on to the question from Benji Tinelli. It is about Erling Haaland. We've talked about Lewandowski Knabry and the double up potential. Let's talk about Erling Haaland because I have to admit, Flo, I took him out of my lineup thinking that that game against Gladbach would be a little bit tight um, and thinking that if even if Dortmund did win it would be by a fine margin and not by three goals to nil but Benji Tonelli is asking is Haaland a must-have for match day two uh, if you if you can afford him I think you should bring him in um, and I think then you like you can leave Lewandowski and Haaland in your squad and rotate the third guy in and out uh, I think that's a very good approach I had your line of thinking and I'm, I'm not sure. Like Dortmund had a shoddy preseason. It's not like, um, that was totally expected what they did, but they played fantastic and Haaland looked fantastic and the, the spirit in the, in the uh, team looked fantastic. So I'm much higher on Dortmund now than I've been a week ago and that. Uh, of course, is including Haaland because he's a notorious goal scorer for the club. And that's why I tr I'll try to bring him in. It's depending on like what's happening on Friday evening and how many changes I have to make um, because of players not playing. Um, but uh, I, th I think he's the second option after Lewandowski long term and a great option for this match day. Yeah, that's it. I think we knew he was going to be a big game player this season in the fantasy 
you know, uh, terms. Uh, he's going to score a lot of goals. I just didn't think he'd get two on the first match day. And admittedly, Dortmund only had nine shots on goal. Only four of those were on target, but they were very clinical. So, of course, it shows up in a fancy sense. If they don't score those chances and they end up winning 1-0, Haaland, Sancho don't come out with as good of scores. But that wasn't the case. Now, I have to admit, I would love to get Haaland into my squad. But looking at my front line and looking at my the rest of my squad, I'm thinking I can probably afford to leave my front line this week of Anderson Silva and Lewandowski. But what I am trying to do is maybe find a way to bring Jadon Sancho into my midfield instead. Admittedly, I wish I had stuck with my first draft last week, which had Sancho and Haaland in it. But therefore, I wouldn't have also then picked Leroy Sane, who then scored big on Friday night. So right, it swings and roundabouts. These are the debates we go through, the decision-making process. But I would say I'd love to get Haaland into my squad this week for me personally. I think it's more realistic to get Sancho in there. But at some point, I'm going to have both of them because I think they're both must-have players when Dortmund hit, hit their stride. And if they can do that against Gladbach, then the likes of Augsburg, Freiburg that are coming up are probably going to pale... Uh, in comparison. So, yeah, we will talk about them again later, but let's move on to the next question. Uh, it's from at Jaha Name, uh, who says he only got 130 points on match day one, but he was very proud with his 1 million uh, Wu Yong Chong pick. And I have to say, it was a very good pick. And don't, don't, don't sleep on your 130 points. That's not a bad return on match day one when there are so many uncertainties, right, that we're all dealing with. And you have to see what the lay of the land is like before you can find the, what they call the template, right, for the, the team that you can build around that a lot of people will be picking. So don't sleep on your 130 points. I, I don't think that's such a bad score. But his question flow is, he says that he feels like Andre Silva at 14 million is a little too expensive. He's wondering, should he sell him for the likes of Paulson, Cunha, Cordova, Anderson, Nils Peterson, Cordova, Dost, Kalajic? He's listed them all. So yeah. what do you make of that? Yeah, first, it, it seemed that way. And it's tempting to jump shit with, to jump ship with Frankfurt right now. Sorry, my, my tongue slipped there a bit. Um, but it was like, it was close in meaning, I guess. But like, I, I, I would have talked about that when we talk about the game, but I think it's, uh, totally, uh, like it, w- it makes more sense if I say that. Uh, like my feeling is that this could be a bounce back spot for Frankfurt because, they were probably underestimating Bielefeld. Um, Bielefeld was defending deep. Frankfurt got trouble creating stuff. And now they're going, uh, they're going to Berlin. They will feel pretty high after beating, uh, abysmal Bremen side 4-1. This could like change the equation of how that, that game is going. I think Kostic will probably have more room on the flanks if he's playing Pekarik he's probably already licking his his chops because he, he's like twice the speed of of Pekarik right now so if he <laughs> is, that get- a, is that a better matchup than Rudy against uh, against Sane or <laughs> <laughs> it's close I don't know which one's better it, it's a close one but so I'm I, I will stick with every Frankfurt player I've got who's in the starting lineup uh, that's my plan because a lot of people will jump ship with Frankfurt players but I've just got this feeling that like we are overestimating Hatta right now from one performance and we are underestimating what Frankfurt can do like that was one bad game and I'm uh, in the circumstances playing against a promoter team that like left everything on the pitch and Frankfurt wasn't ready for that 
But I think there's a good chance they're ready for Hertha. And last time out, they they won their four-one. And I think that like that's in the realms of possibility. Frankfurt coming out guns blazing. Yeah, I'd agree. I would look at the Hertha Cup game against Braunschweig and think, right, if they can concede four times against Braunschweig, then Frankfurt are going to have a little more luck going forward, maybe than Werder Bremen did last week, given the firepower they have. I still am going to stick by Silver for now, as long as he's in the, in the starting lineup, because if you asked me at the start of the season to predict who would be the top three goal scorers in the league this season, it was Haaland, it was Lewandowski, it was Silver. So at some point, I almost want all three of those to be my front line, because I think they're going to be the highest scorers in the league and therefore in the fantasy game as well. And Silva did score. He got 10 points. It wasn't a bad return, but I understand why there's a feeling of him being overpriced. But don't forget, he was in in incredible form after the Bundesliga's restart. I think he scored 10 goals in his last 16 games, and that dates back to before the COVID-19 break. So don't sleep on Silva just yet and maybe see how he fares against Hertha, who are going to concede a little bit well, more chances than Bielefeld yeah. even. Yeah, but, um, but they were. he yeah. was asking about suggestions for, for other strikers. And actually, I can couple this up with this, the next question from at j.queralt, who says, I want to bring Sane in. To do that, he needs to downgrade Silver. That leaves him to 12.3 million. He asked for, for recommendations as well. So in this list of kind of mid-tier strikers, who are you looking at, Flo? I, I think Cunha is interesting. I like players on the Friday night. So if you're downgrading... From Silva, uh, Cunha would make perfect sense for 12.3 million. I think Juan Cordoba would make sense for 11 million if he's in the starting lineup. We don't know that yet. So the good thing is it's a Friday evening game, so we will know. And it frees up a little bit of money. Cordoba is riskier. Cunha is more established. And like he, he's just the heart and soul of Berlin. Um, that has to be said, was again at Bremen, won 20 challenges uh, that, that match uh, at Bremen. Uh, Anderson of Cologne will be my second choice for 10.3 million. And if you want to go cheap, Kalajcik of Stuttgart, he came on as a substitute, scored against Freiburg, is at f- sitting at 4 million. And he's almost a lock to start at Mainz, which isn't a bad matchup at all for Stuttgart. And I think a guy who might go overlooked is Sergio Cordova of Armenia Bielefeld. Uh, he's 6.3 million. He won also 20 challenges, the same amount that Cunha won. I mean, challenges won is not m- worth it as much as it was before, but Cunha and Cordova both picked up four points just for their challenges won. And that's nothing to sneeze about. So, uh, I, th- I think um, these would be my four favorite choices in that price range. Yeah, I think... Or, or below 12 and a half K. That's it. I, I think the only other name I would potentially throw out, and he, it, I'll admit he is a bit more of a gamble than uh, some of the... Maybe he's he's a, he's a little less of a gamble than Cordova, but he's a bit more of a gamble than others. And that's Jean-Philippe Mateta. Because I wonder, at 10.1 million... If he can score goals at the rate he was scoring before his knee injury, then there's a chance he can play a role. The problem was he scored on the weekend and he only got six points against Leipzig. But then I just yeah. how to judge that yeah. against a Leipzig side that 
gave away very few chances. I'd rather see him against someone like Stuttgart this weekend and judge him on that. But I think he may be an outside candidate. I just wanted to throw another name out there because otherwise, Flo, I agree with your assessment. I, for me, he's too expensive. He's giving you goals, but he's giving you nothing else. He's not involved in the, in the play as much as the other players we talked about. And that's why I would always give the nod as long as like we don't have a team that's like conceding five to six goals every week and Mainz is playing at home against them and has a good stretch of form, then I might think about bringing in Mateta. But apart from that, like he's same priced uh, as Anderson, uh, who, who wins challenges, uh, an enormous amount, who gives passes to shots. So no, like that's not even close. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm picking I'm picking Anderson over Mateta right now if you give me the choice. And I've got Anderson in my squad for exactly that reason. I just wanted to throw another name out there as a potential differential further down the line. We'll see if my prediction does come true. Um, but I do agree with you. He's, he's, a, he's a massive gamble. Uh, right, two more questions for part one before we move on to the fixture list. The first one should be nice and easy for you, Flo, because it comes from at AYMR. He says, is it worth keeping Huang in my squad? I figured you were the perfect guy to ask. Yeah, I brought him in as well. I know what you're hinting at. Um, didn't work out. Uh, no, I, I don't think it's worth it, especially since they're playing at Leverkusen. And I know what we are thinking about Peter Bosch. But last season, uh, Leverkusen had one of the stingiest backlines in the Bundesliga. And that's... I think this game is great to evaluate what we have in Leverkusen and Leipzig players. Yeah. But I don't want actually to invest in this, in this game. And that's how I feel about it. And so if you have Vangelino, for instance, I think it's fine. He's one of the guys I think you can leave in your squad basically week after week. As long as he doesn't is a rotation risk, I think you're fine there because of his set piece duties and everything else. He gives you a baseline. Uh, apart from that, I would leave that game alone probably. I think then you can make argument for Danny Almo being in such a good form that is all right, but I, I, I wouldn't go uh, into that game with two Leipzig strikers and would probably prefer to have none of them. And then it would be Paulsen over Wang. Yeah, and Hwang is and Huang is definitely out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. I think I think at that price point, I think everyone has looked at Huang and gone, oh, he's going to be the Werner replacement. He's he's small, he's fast, but I don't know whether Nagelsmann's going to be planning him in. And now we've got another striker on the books at Leipzig in Sorloth. So we don't know how this is all going to play out. And I'm really unconfident in Huang. So at that point, use that money better elsewhere. And if you can upgrade to Haaland, do it this weekend. I think that's probably uh, a very good starting point last question then Flo uh, and it's from at Dykes to watch out for uh, he says he's a bit of he says it's potentially a bit of a newbie question um, but he says he found himself with Kamada and Kostic both got eight points as his lowest scoring attackers going into the last game when he had Mehmedi sat on the bench he says of course it depends on who the player yet to play is but do you have a benchmark score that you don't sub out I thought this is a great question for match day two for anyone that maybe is new to the game and playing this for a full season for the first time that maybe joined us uh, after COVID-19's break last year? Yeah, it, it's a good question and the one I have to ask regular myself. And like my answer is different from week <laughs> to week. Uh, it's That's depending. Like, at all. <laughs> I almost never swap out a player with double digit points unless I've got like a Robert Lewandowski. Like you, you can lose more. Uh, usually you can lose more than you can gain 
uh, if you do that. If a player has under like below seven points, almost ever I will swap him unless it's like you have a Mainz defender going up at Munich on the last game of the match day. Then I would happily take the six points I already have. So uh, that that's basically the logic to go through. Is it like is the team the favorites? That's a, a positive for a player. So. Uh, seven to nine points is where I, I judge it case by case, basically. And I mean, I, I don't think it was a mistake to bring in uh, Mimedi for the eight points. And remember, he, he scored a goal, but it was ruled offside later on. It was a very close decision. So um, if that goal would have stand, it would have been a different story. Uh, also for me, because I uh, also got Mimidi in my squad. But. Yeah, I think I think seven points is a good mark. I mean, I had I had Pavar as my lowest scoring player and brought in Florian Vitz. He also got six points, but the potential for him to get a lot more than Pavar was right there because he just needed to be involved in a couple of shots on goal, whether he was taking them or setting them up, and he would have easily outscored Pavar. So the seven-point range, yes, depending on the fixture, depending on who the player is, is a good baseline to work with when it comes to, I think someone can score more than that player. Eight would be about my limit, and then at eight, nine, you're kind of... Of looking at who is the player and only then if it does make sense would I consider doing it whereas eight in the bank even for me someone that notoriously likes to gamble in the fantasy world uh, that would be a little bit too much for me as well so okay I thought that was a great way to end part one a nice question general question to help people with the tactics of this game uh, we will be back for part two where we'll be running through the fixture list on match day two Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy and let's dive straight into that fixture list that we mentioned. Friday night game is first up as ever and we have mentioned it on a couple of occasions already in the show but it is Hertha against Frankfurt and it is in many cases the, the battle of two great fantasy strikers here. Mateusz Kunja, he's scored seven goals in 13 appearances since joining Hertha. He's had a couple of assists in the mix as well. Meanwhile, Andre Silva on the other side for Frankfurt. Uh, he scored nine in 11 Bundesliga matches since the coronavirus-enforced hiatus. That was the form I was talking about after the restart that has filtered into the new season as well. Uh, and it's also worth noting he did score two goals in a 4-1 win against Hertha in June, which is actually not too long ago. Uh, I do have a couple of questions for you, Flo, but I'd start with a listener question. At Demon2600 says, keep or sell Da Costa? Um, sell him if he's not in a starting lineup. And I would... Keep him uh, if he is in a starting lineup, but that's because I have to make other transfers. So if you you don't know what to do, you maybe could do better than Da Costa um, selling him. Maybe even going to the other side of of the game and investing in a Hertha defender, Mitrostedt or Plattenhardt, whoever gets the start could be interesting. But I personally would prefer. Da Costa over them, but it's like this is basing on my hunch. If you look at the the bookmakers, they probably have Hatter down as a favorite for for this match. But 
My, my feeling tells me otherwise. We, we, we see how that shapes out. Yeah, we, we felt that way against Bielefeld as well, but I think we're both hoping that we're proven proven different. I mean, I guess that's the question. Yeah. For, for maybe people that didn't invest heavily, like you bought four Frankfurt players in, I bought three. For anyone that didn't invest heavily in Frankfurt, would you invest in them for this game against Hertha? No, I, I guess not. Although you can make the argument, if you don't have a player of Hertha in that position, and you want to have involvement in the Friday evening, which is a good idea in in concept. If you're not forcing it, uh, it's good to have a player because it gives you that free shot uh, on a star man you can change on a Saturday afternoon. So, yeah. The I mean, the only problem for me with Hertha is that they've got Bayern next week. Right. So you're automatically, if you're investing in Hertha, it's a one and done only. Whereas at least Frankfurt have a game against Hoffenheim at home the week after that you go, OK, may not be the worst thing if I have to hold on to those players. It's it's a tricky thing. We have these three substitutions every week flow, yeah. but sometimes I find it harder to use three than I than it is to use one sometimes because you're almost trying to find new avenues every single time with those three. And the Friday night game, let's be honest, is a great way to do that. It's just a tricky one with Hertha because of the Bayern game and with Frankfurt. There is an element of we don't really know where they're at. Yeah, it's a good point, especially since they're playing at Munich. It's the last um, match of the match day uh, on match day three. So you, you, you don't have alternatives after your Hertha players Yeah, get, get beaten out of the Allianz Arena, maybe. Maybe, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, Hertha have had good games against Bayern, you know, but yeah. uh, it's, it's a tough one. It really is. But if you're okay with a one and done, then Hertha are a great market to potentially go into this weekend. I don't think I would invest heavily in Frankfurt, but if you don't have a Frankfurt player in your squad and you want one, they're not a bad team to dip into. And there are some very tantalizing players in there. I would maybe, if you haven't invested them on already, still put... Kamada at the top of the list, Flo. I don't know whether you'd agree with that. Purely based on value, just on the fact that you're not breaking your bank for Kostic or Silva, but you've still got involvement in midfield. Uh, Tough, eh? Maybe I would even go Dost if you want to um, save a bit of money. Because like, he didn't score and made as many points as Silva did. Like He's injury-free now, and maybe we're seeing a better Dost than we've seen last season because I wasn't very high on him going into the season. I think Kamara, like now is to say they want to bring in someone else. Like he, he was letting, I, I think he was the guy that they were most disappointed of because he was responsible on creating something and he couldn't. Uh, so I, I think he might be not in the danger of being dropped outright, but being subbed out after 60 minutes is like, it's, it's a real, real threat. If you have Kamada. If he hasn't scored, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I would still maybe go with Kostic because you don't have that risk with him unless he's like uh, injured or so. He, he probably will play the whole game. Oh, that's uh, okay. Actually, that's a very fair assessment. Uh, and I'm happy to take those points on board. And yes, I'm hoping that he doesn't get dropped. And I mean, to be honest, Frankfurt could become very interesting if these rumors about Luka Jovic coming back are true and whether there's anything behind it and whether it actually happens because if he comes back flow <laughs> I don't know what his price point will yeah, be but well, I'll be very tempted before he even hits the pitch I think we're back to this having three Frankfurt strikers and you don't know which one to buy every week like <laughs> yeah. we had before with uh, Jovic, Rebic and Alea and that was like you you, you would basically make the, uh, the wrong choice every week um, 
and that that could muddy definitely the the the, the playing field for Frankfurt. Yeah, I think it's fair to say we all remember those Frankfurt striking headaches, so they might resurrect themselves. But let's move on to the next game and we'll whiz through the 3.30 kickoffs here. Augsburg against Dortmund is the first one up. We've talked about that at length and the fact that Dortmund, a very exciting prospect. Augsburg have conceded more Bundesliga goals against Dortmund than any other Bundesliga club. And if you remember last season, it was a 5-1 win uh, for Dortmund at home against Augsburg and a 5-3 win away from home. So lots of goals to be expected. Flo, who's your player pick for this one? has to be Erling Haaland. If we're going down the narrative street, it was his Bundesliga debut. He came on as a substitute, scored a hat-trick. And yeah, so uh, I think he's a great pick. Uh, 17.4 million. Jane Sancho also. He, I mean, he came through in not his best performance and he still made 13 points. I, I, I just think... Having these building blocks in your team is worth a lot and Sancho's definitely one uh, I'm planning to to keep for a long, long time. Uh, Giovanni Reina, like he's pretty cheap. I think seven points something right now because his value probably rose after the first match day. And Favre, seven points two. I get the sign from my co-host here. Thanks, James, for that. Um, Favre just loves this guy. He's playing great football. For the time being, I think they're quite satisfied with bringing Royce on later on the game. Um, so I, I think at least for this game, you're probably safe with Reina starting, but I'm not sure how high the odds of him playing 90 minutes are. And that's definitely something to, to keep in mind because you, you want your players not being substituted out after 60 minutes every game then it's probably better looking elsewhere. Yeah, there's a, a risk-reward debate with Reyna, just because, yeah. yes, I do think he's going to come off early, but the fact is he did already prove that he can score big in those limited minutes. But yeah, yeah. that's going to be a debate you're going to have a lot throughout the season. And there are other players at that price that will guarantee you 90 minutes because they're irreplaceable in their respective squads. Exactly. Um, let's move on then. Gladbach against Union. Uh, Gladbach only lost three times on home soil last season, only Bayern fared better. Uh, it is also worth noting that Union have lost four of their last five away games. So this seems like a foregone conclusion. Uh, question from a listener quickly. Flow at Kaka underscore Arctic. Is Christopher Lentz worth investing in? 14 points despite a 3 1 loss. Uh, and then, if not, who would you consider in that price range? But let's just focus on Lentz. Would, do you find him investable? And not for this week. I mean, we know that he's a great fantasy player, and that's why he was priced up to 9 million. Um, I think he was 2 million at the start of last season. Um, so he was based, he, he was in everyone's fantasy lineups at one point or another so so we know that but now he's priced fairly and that's the difference to me because he was a great value last season now he's a decent pick but i still like union had probably more uh, attacking chances at home against augsburg that they will have away at gladbach and gladbach has a point to prove now and uh, Union is not looking good, so I, I I would pick Gladbach to win this one handily, and I would stay away from Christopher Lenz. Although we know that like he gives you at least a baseline, he's a very solid fantasy pick. Uh, I just wouldn't like 
that, that would be unnecessary for me to bring him in for an away game at Gladbach. The risk would be too high. E- yeah, I for think short term is a definite. Note. And then yeah. they're playing Friday evening. Yeah. Next week, they're playing Friday evening at home against Mainz, and, and then we're talking. Well, that, I mean, it's interesting they're playing against Mainz because if you look at his price range, he's right there with Daniel Brzezinski. And I have a feeling, if I'm being very honest, long-term, I think Brzezinski will score more points than Lentz over the, the course of the season. But I do think what Lentz will have is more boom or bust games. I think that's what we saw from him last season. There were games where he didn't really get involved, and there were games that he was thoroughly involved down that left wing in creating chances and taking chances. So, yeah, up against Brzezinski, Mittelstädt, Roussillon. I think he he may struggle in the long term, um, but in the short term, definitely not. Not against Gladbach. Uh, I think I would fully agree with that. Okay, let's move on uh, to our next game. Uh, it's Bielefeld against. Oh no, yeah. sorry, your player pick. Your player pick from that one first, Flo. I think a player like everyone who had him. I'm not sure that were a lot were disappointed by Lars Stindl. How many points did he get? Minus six or something like that. That was crazy uh but still interested in him midfielder in the game so that's the reason why like last year he was a striker now he's a midfielder he might actually play again at midfield um because Plea and Turam are probably going to start um because they're back to almost 100% but still I'm very interested in Lars Stindl just because I believe that Gladbach will have a good game here and Stindl is still very important in everything that Gladbach is doing going forward for a pretty decent price. So I'm very interested in Lars Stindl. Yeah, you got minus one points, but didn't drop in value. That's quite an impressive feat there from Mr. Lars Stindl. Mm. And yeah, I do think he is one of those where you go, okay, don't take take that performance against Dortmund with a pinch of salt. He's going to be important um, whether he's playing in the striker role or not. Let's move on to the next game. Bielefeld against Köln. Uh, the Billy Goats, they have scored in 21 successive Bundesliga matches, which is actually the longest run of any club going right now. However, it's also worth noting uh, they failed to keep a clean sheet in 12. Um, and coming up against Bielefeld, I mean, it's going to be a tough game, especially in terms of what we saw Bielefeld produce against Frankfurt in terms of chance creation as well. But how are you feeling about this one, Flo? Who would you pick? Um, I think it can go both ways um but i'm like i like sebastian anderson a lot i think that was like courageous pick by you uh james i was really really great 10.3 million uh great price tag and i also would be interested in um duda uh, because he's only 7 million I, I think he trained with his new team once or twice and already was in the starting lineup didn't produce really a great fantasy line, but that can change in a heartbeat with him um, being on a practice uh, field for one week with his new teammates. So I have high hopes for Duda being a great value pick for seven million. And I mean, I talked about the Bielefeld players, Cordova or Bruna. Uh, I think are fine choices, but I would lean here towards the Cologne guys. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Anderson and Köln, they just seem like a match made in heaven. Köln scored the most headed goals of any Bundesliga team last season with 15. And I think Anderson scored seven with his head, only outdone by Lewandowski, who had eight. And so, of course, what happened, match day one, Anderson scored a header. And I do think that's going to be a big story. And the thing with Anderson as well, he's guaranteed to start because Anthony Modeste certainly isn't going to do it. And I don't think the 19-year-old they've brought in on loan from Latvia is going to do it either. So for me, he's a very safe pick. Uh, let's talk about Mainz against Stuttgart next um, Mateta he has scored four goals in 180 minutes of competitive football four months this season including that hat-trick in the DFB Pokal that is why I was talking you up a bit earlier but how are you feeling about this one Flo who are you picking from the game for me, it's a close pick between Brozinski and Didavi. Brozinski is at 9.1 million. Didavi is at 7.3 million. Um, both are very viable, uh, in, in my opinion. Uh, Brozinski has a Friday night game at Union Berlin upcoming. Um, that's definitely working into his favor. Stuttgart is hosting Leverkusen on the third match day. So that's something to keep in mind, but, to speak about uh, Didavi, he had a direct hand in eight shots on the first match day and was on par with Nabri and Sané in that regard. So definitely the heart and soul of Stuttgart, also set-piece duties. Um, he's also a, a good value guy, but I, I'd i like to play him in a good matchup, which playing at Mainz definitely is, but which playing at home against Leverkusen probably isn't for Stuttgart. And so I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Brozinski here, but I can understand both picks. Yeah, I think given the fact that Aaron Martinez completely fallen out of favour in Mainz, I think Brzezinski's such a lock for that starting lineup. And when you consider the fact that against Leipzig, he created four chances and took two himself. So he was getting points on both shots on goal and passes to a shot. I think he could play a big role in that mid-tier defender market. Uh, Leverkusen against Leipzig. You mentioned Leverkusen just a moment ago. They are up against Stuttgart next weekend, but they got Leipzig on home. So this, uh, the goalless draw with Wolfsburg actually was only the second time Leverkusen have failed to score in their last 20 competitive fixtures in all competitions. Do we expect them to bounce back here? Because they created so little against Wolfsburg. It's very worrying to now come up against the Leipzig side. So who is your player pick from this one, Flo? I, I, I don't have really a player pick. I already said it before. Um, this, this one's a game for me to evaluate uh, how both teams look. I, I don't think you can draw too many conclusions of Leipzig game against Mainz. Um, Leverkusen was worrisome, but at the end, it was just one game. So let's see how this this goes. I won't dip into that market. Um, I think one thing you can point out is Emil Forsberg, uh, who was left for dead by everyone, uh, including us. So I, I don't think we haven't mentioned him in a long, long time, except for saying that like he's no alternative. But all of a sudden, he gets a start. Had a hand in nine shots. That was the most of any Bundesliga player on the first match day. Um, that's impressive. And uh, I, I think he'll keep. Like who knows? It's Nagelsmann. I'm not trying to to <laughs> <laughs> to guess what what he's thinking. He should keep his place, and he's 11.4 million. That's interesting. So if you've got the feeling that Leipzig is the far superior side than Leverkusen, which I personally don't, but you can make that argument, uh, then. 
he would be a great differential pick, I think. The problem is he's a but, forward flow. That like that bothers me. It, yeah. He shouldn't be. He wasn't a forward at any point last season. Yeah. And I don't understand why they made him a forward. So yeah. if he was a midfielder, he'd be very attractive. But as a forward, he just isn't. Yeah. You're, you're, you're also right in there, but that what makes him even more differential. True. I mean, it's the same story with Serge Napri, uh, who's yeah. a striker now. And I, I think he did all right on the first match day, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> well, he wasn't so bad yet. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they both put up great numbers. And that's I think that's with it. The, the kind of match day one surprises were someone like Forsberg coming out of the woodwork yeah. and producing this type of performance, a goal and assist, chances created, chances taken. Uh, he's on penalty duties as well when he's on the pitch as well, which is always great for fantasy players. But the question is, will he be on the pitch long term? So, yeah, I think it, this is a tricky fixture. Personally, I'm looking at selling Danny Olmo right now because I don't really want involvement in this fixture and I've already got Angelino and Florian Witz and I don't think I'll be able to get rid of Olmo and Witz because I got Sally Erschan. That was not a good that was not a good differential pick on match day one. So therefore I feel like I've got to get Olmo out because I don't like this fixture. Doesn't mean it can't produce fantasy rewards. Let's move on to the next fixture. Schalke against Verde. This one may be a bit short and sweet because the question I really have for you Flo Given both of these records, given the fact that Schalke have scored a league-low nine goals in 18 Bundesliga matches in 2020 and have also failed to keep a clean sheet in 13 games, is this, is this an investable game? No. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. expect to, to, uh, there to be a lot of fireworks because uh, both teams will be very afraid to make mistakes um, probably will make a lot of mistakes anyway, but uh, it w- like on both sides, on the attacking side and defending, I think it's not a good idea of the guys who make the Bundesliga schedule to make that an island game where the world will watch. I mean, it was pretty bad that Bayern beat up on Schalke that badly as the opening game of a season. I think they have to consider that when they make the schedule, you can't like eight nil. That's not a competitive league, and if if that's the image you you want to sell internationally, that like there is competition inside the Bundesliga, you you can't field a Bayern against Schalke on the first match day when Schalke is having such a bad time. Um, but that's just my personal opinion, and I think. Uh, this game will have very little what uh, football-loving people would enjoy. Uh, I don't expect. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Of course <laughs> I not. I don't know. I'm, I think it's going to be it's going to be a four-three yeah, thriller. <laughs> anything can happen, but um, like caution first. I think both teams will go with this approach into the game. Fully agree, and that's what makes like. Maybe that makes the defenders more interesting because it's unlikely that one of the two teams will score a lot of goals. Yeah, but where you go, like, there, there are a lot of options. It's an island game. I understand that. That's the reason why it's appealing because you, it gives you flexibility. Yeah, but I'm not loving it. If I have to pick players, it would be Ochipka for 9.6 million of Schalke, Augustinsson 9.2. He actually, like, he was the best Bremer player by a wide margin. Won 88% of his duels, um, set up the goal by, by Selke all in all. Look, look, 
pretty good and in great shape. I think that's the, the only thing that's a bright spot on the first match there for Bremen was Augustinsson. Gabriel Selassie did very poorly. He's in my squad, but we know that there are better days ahead of Gabriel Selassie as a fantasy player. Like we, we, we're doing that things four or five years and he's always been a reliable fantasy asset. I, I don't think that that is going to change. Uh, this season, although he had an abysmal start, but well, a, be- a better start in the cup, right? He hit the post. We talked about his qualities. Yeah, I think with Gabriel Selassie, the thing is, you're gonna have to to really nail it. You're gonna have to pick him on the right games and hope for the best. And if you miss, you miss, right? It's gonna be very hit and miss. Yeah, but, but usually he gives you a baseline with one challenges and stuff. But he he couldn't even do that. One loss less than 50% yeah. of his challenges. That's unusual. Well, should, we, should we talk about two teams that are more investable then? Because like, yeah, but what, one guy I want to mention is like, I wouldn't mind a stab at Paciencia if you're feeling <laughs> really crazy. 10 million. Like they, they lost 8 0 at Munich and he got four points out of this game. I think that's definitely something to keep in mind. And if the wind changes at Schalke, like there's talks of David Wagner being released if they lose the game against Bremen. Paciencia could actually be a good choice going forward for a decent two price. Two games, two games. I don't think anyone but had that I, on the I overs and unders like, with David Wagner. As as bad as as bad as Bremen was on the first match day, still wouldn't feel comfortable enough to bring in Paciencia yeah, myself. That, that, that is it. Especially with with him being like three hundred thousand less than Anderson. Yeah. For instance, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. Uh, yeah, it's just for me. It's not a. It's not an investable market this weekend. I might be proven wrong, but you know, you got to do your pre-match research and go. Yeah, it just doesn't look good. If I'm proven wrong, I'm proven wrong. I'm happy. I can live with that. Let's talk about Hoffenheim against Bayern. They're the, they're the first Sunday game, so another game that does offer us flexibility. And given the fact that we basically already lost one on Saturday night, these Sunday games are going to be important. Now, Kramaric has scored seven goals in his last two Bundesliga games after four against Dortmund on the last day of last season and the hat trick against Köln. Uh, but it is worth noting that Bayern are Bayern. So let's talk about them because let's be honest, they're the more investable team here. I think you're taking a massive punt if you go anywhere near Hoffenheim or Cramrich, despite his record. And I think he's going to have a big part to play this season. This is not the weekend for it. Yeah. So we've talked about the, the, the Bayern double up. We've talked about Levy Gnabry. What is, what is anything else you want to add about the Bayern market that you think listeners should consider ahead of match day two then, Flo? Uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, Zane is the best midfielder of Bayern. We were at that point last week. We had Goretzka as a potential differential. Didn't work out that well. Although I have to say that at first I had Goretzka and then changed things up and had Sané in my lineup and as Goretzka scored, I thought, well, I should have, should have stick with Goretzka. That would have been better. But in the end, I think he only got 10 points or something like yeah, that. Yeah, came so, off early, yeah. came off early, 10 points. Could have scored another goal, but didn't. But yeah, I was in the exact same boat as you. Yeah, but. I know that Kimmich just keeps performing even as a midfielder, but I still think that has to be an outlier. Uh, he, he set up two goals as, as a holding midfielder. I, I, I don't see that like he can keep up that thing. I mean, keep in mind they scored eight. So there were basically eight assists to go around in the team as well. 
And I don't think that's going to be the case every week, or at least that's what I'm hoping. I think I think he's just going to be a lot more hit and miss. Yeah, I think that'll be it. And again, you can hit big with him, but you'll also have games where he only gets like you four, six points and isn't involved in any shots on goal. I think, yeah, I, I, I'm not sold on him as a midfielder yet. That's the problem. Yeah, I, I agree, especially since I, I um, prefer Sané over him by a wide margin and he's just one million apart. Well, okay, l- let me ask you about Sané. If he starts on Thursday in the Super Cup, do you worry about his place on Sunday? Because I do. <sighs> yeah, because Kuman is probably back. Um, <laughs> but you're not going to play but three times in the space of eight days, are you? Why not? That's the problem. Or nine days. And it's a su- the German Super Cup is next Wednesday for some reason. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you should have cancelled it this year, but um, I mean, it's it's probably his contracts to fulfill and stuff like that. But I, I can't imagine like it's always been the first game of the season, uh, the German Super Cup, and that was why it was interesting. And and now it's like between these all these games happening on the Wednesday evening, I'm I'm not I'm not sure how it will work out. But it, it, it's literally meaningless, Flo. It genuinely feels like it's meaningless. It uh, it it always had that feel, and you're right. Only because it was the opening game did people really pay attention. But really, th- these games are relatively meaningless compared to what they're actually fighting for in the Champions League and the Super Cup and whatnot. I, I think Sunny will start at Hoffenheim. Yeah. Um. Because I. I think Flick won't take any chances uh, at the start of the season as long as everything is close. That's why I would probably be at least a bit confident that Sunny starts. Who, who knows? That's always like we're playing. Uh, that's that's a game of um, uh, of probabilities. So that's always the case. There's not a hundred percent in everything we we say. I mean, like that's. That's obvious. I don't know and, about you. Um, no, I don't know why you, you talk for yourself, Flo. Everything that comes out of my mouth is a hundred percent every time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I chance. but I I believe that uh, Zane will start at Hoffenheim and maybe will get a breezer and uh, the Super Cup against Dortmund. Okay, let's talk about the final game then. Freiburg Wolfsburg Sunday night. Wolfsburg they didn't exactly deliver. Again, it's not the nicest way to close out the match day. Freiburg have actually won their last three home games in a row, but they haven't won four on the spin in four years. However, they are unbeaten in their last four games against Wolfsburg. But this is a tough one to dive into as the final game, isn't it, Flo? Yeah, it's horrible. We have horrible island games uh, apart from the Bayern one. And even that, you can say, was the uncertainty of Bayern playing um, Sevilla on on Thursday and Dortmund at, on Wednesday, um, th- that adds a bit of uncertainty. is It's not great. But before I want, want to dip into that, I just want to say I th- I'm, I'm personally insulted by Roland Schalai of Freiburg. Like I taught at him like almost every week last season, and he <laughs> he did zilch most of the time. He did. I haven't mentioned him last week, I guess. <laughs> Apart from saying that it's not a, a certain that he's going to start and then he just goes off. And I, I feel betrayed by that. Yeah. <laughs> he's number one fan and he let you down when you needed him most. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's an interesting choice. He could be an interesting choice going forward if like he can get his things together because um, he's a talented player. I, I, that was the reason I, I, I talked about him last season pretty often and yeah 
Now he's showing that, I think, 17 points on the first match day. Great for him. But apart from that, I'm trying to stay away from this game, although it, like, this week will be less flexibility and more Bayern players for me. Probably have Gibber Selassie, two Bayern players, after Saturday afternoon. But I already have four Friday evening players, so that adds a bit of flexibility. And I won't force, force a player of the last game of the match day into my lineup. Still have Mimedi, but if I can, I'll probably sell him. Just because of... Um, Wolfsburg is also playing in the Europa League on Thursday. True, um, yeah, very true. So there, there could be some rotation for Wolfsburg as well. So all in all, it's an abysmal last game. So probably one of the worst that could could be on hey, that match day. Yeah, I'm really, I'm not liking it. Yes, by, the fact that I've got three Bayern players is a saving grace. But as I say, I am like there's part of me that's worried about Sane being dropped if he starts on Thursday. And then, yeah, okay, Lewandowski, Pavar should be fine. And you're right, three on Friday. But the problem is, if the three on Friday all score double digits, then you've got a massive headache potentially further down the line. That's the tricky part with all of this. So Bayern may actually be... So you're rooting for your players to basically do nothing no no i'm rooting for sane not to <laughs> no, no, i'm rooting for sane not to start on thursday against sevilla and then i'm rooting for frankfurt to do well but then i have three Bayern players that are fine they're my flexibility and i don't need to worry about bremen schalke and i don't need to worry about freiburg wolfsburg we'll see if that actually pans out the way i want it to but let's close today's show flow with our player picks yeah. vegas choice who are you going for i'm going with juan cordoba uh, you know that i like to like if it's Feasible, I like a player from the Friday evening game as my biggest choice. And Cordoba is perfect. I mean, he came on, played 30 minutes at Bremen, had four shots on goal. Um, that's an outstanding, like the most shots on any player of the pitch were by Juan Cordoba and he just played 30 minutes. Um, I think he's like, he's fitting well into this Hatter style of play with his physicality. Um, I think he's a better fit than Piontek from what I've seen at Bremen. Uh, but, but I'm not sure if he's in the starting lineup. But uh, we know that before we have to uh, confirm our transfer. So that's the route to go if you want to bring him in. But uh, I think he's he's viable and differential because if like if others bring in a Hertha striker, they probably go with Mateusz Kunja, who's the safer choice. But Cordoba... I, from like if he can build on what he showed in the last 30 minutes of Bremen he, he can have a big fantasy season yeah I fully agree I, I love what I saw off the bench from him and I think he has muddied the waters in, in Hertha a little bit because I think their market was a little more simple before he came in but I, for that reason he could be a great differential pick I think you're you're right I've gone with the same concept Friday night game and he is a Vegas choice based on the way he performed on match day one and based on what Flo said earlier but given the fact that he's got a point to prove I'm backing Daichi Kamada to score big against Hertha and I think he's a, a perfect Vegas choice for this week how about your super schnepchen flow who who's your cheapo that you're bringing in to bust the budget it has to be young the freiburg player for 1.1 million because he's like stone almost the stone minimum and that's so valuable but apart from him because it's a risk to go like he's playing on the last game of the match day um that's definitely a risk 
Apart from that, I, I like Kempf a lot for 5.2 million, but I'm a bit biased because I, I, I really rate him pretty highly uh, as a real football player. He he had a horrible injury at, at one point in his career. Before that, he was even better. But if he can pick up his old form, uh, I just think he's he's pretty good at football. And he's a threat um, after set pieces. So uh, I think he's a, he's a pretty solid choice for that price tag. Yeah, good at football. So it's the anti-John Cordoba then. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think the, the super Schnepfen market's a tough one. And I've gone with Janus Horn for 2.9 million, but we've talked about the risk that is involved with him. The thing is, I'm happy taking that risk at 2.9 million. If he doesn't start, he doesn't start. I can swallow that pill. Therefore, I do agree with Flo that Yong, Jong is actually the better pick because again, 1.1 million. If he starts, everything's a bonus. If he doesn't start, you can live with it. Um, but a tough market, the Super Schnepfchen one at the, at the moment. And I think match day two, three will maybe give us more of an idea of exactly how that field is going to play out. But let's talk about bankers, flow. Who are you going for? Who's the man you're putting all your money on? Yeah, I'm sticking my neck out and saying it's Lars Stindl for 12 million. I, like, I was wrong about Frankfurt uh, against Bielefeld. Um, so maybe I'm wrong twice in a row. Oh, with my feelings, but I think Gladbach can be one of the best markets to dip into this week. And uh, Stiddle is on top of my list. We haven't talked about Benzebaini, so if you want a striker out of uh, Gladbach, he would be my choice. I wouldn't feel the striker of Gladbach just because of the injury situation and not knowing exactly who is going to start up front and who is 100% or maybe play and to run both start, but both get taken off after 60 minutes. So um, I wouldn't dip into that market, but midfield and defense, definitely, definitely uh, on my radar if I can make it work funds-wise. Yeah, I think it's a very valiant pick. And I, I appreciate you sticking your neck out, given the fact that I was so safe with my picks. And I know you saw my picks before you made yours. So yeah. don't worry about that. But Stindl does have Kona away from home the next weekend and Kona porous as well. So he might not be bad for the longevity, not just this weekend, Stindl. But I was very boring. I just put down Haaland or Sancho. <laughs> Take your pick. Dortmund are going to smash Augsburg again. And you want to be in that market. I based on the way things are going, could probably only get one of them into my team. I'm a bit upset about that, but that is life. Um, and I'm going to have to live with it. And so, yeah, Harlan Sancho, take your pick. 17.4, 17.3 million apiece. And I think you can't really go wrong with them. But that brings us to an end of this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. And if you haven't yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. For now, from me, your host, James Sargon Flo, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Alfie Dehern. Auf Wiedersehen.